What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, December 10th, 2015, and you guys listening to episode 237. How is everybody doing? Um, I was going to do this yesterday in Miami, but I was in like a double room kind of suite with Joe Bartnick, and he was doing his podcast, and then I realized, wait a minute, tomorrow meaning today, which is December 10th, is to this five years today is uh, is the Verzi Effect podcast uh, start, start. So this is the five-year anniversary today. I first did one when it was called uh, the Verzi Fix, which was my first one, and I changed the name for episode two and never looked back. I'll get into that, but uh, this is a special Verzi Effect this is five years ago today I started this. And, uh, you know, where it's uh, gone and the amount of listeners and uh, all over the world and stuff. So we're going to get into that. But this is a special one. So I figured, why rush and try to squeeze one in on Wednesday night when I can do it on the anniversary? So um, that's what I'm going to do. I have a Great show for you guys today, uh, wherever you may be, whether it's in the car, whether it's in your cubicle, whether you're in the gym, whether you're just being lazy, smoking weed, sitting home, or smoking a stick, sitting home, and you want to laugh and you want to listen to your favorite podcast, The Verzi Effect, um, I am here for you, so sit back, relax, um, a lot of cool stuff to talk about, did some traveling, have some funny stories with that, wanted to... Um, recap last weekend, which was phenomenal. Uh, just an absolute great time. Um, yeah, we'll talk a little bit of, uh, you know, football stuff going on, how bad the NFC, uh, East is and, uh, NFC East. And, um, we'll get into a whole bunch of stuff today. Obviously the unacceptables, my unacceptable, your guys unacceptables, a lot of cool stuff to talk about on this Verzi Effect 237. So sit back, relax. But first, the Verzi Effect podcast has to get to the sponsors. My longtime loyal sponsor, gonzofame.com. That young, funny, up-and-coming com- uh, up comedian, Dave Gavry out there in Chicago, just having a great time out there. Doing 80 shows a fucking Wednesday. And he has a great site called gonzofame.com. Go to gonzofame.com today for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians. Um, Established comedians, up-and-coming comedians, comedians that are household names, comedians that you haven't even heard of. Just great interviews. Um, Amazing interviews. And there's so many people on there and so many are added. You name a good comedian, he's probably done an interview. And if he hasn't, he's gonna. That's what Gonzo Fame is. So check out gonzofame.com. Also, uh, All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com and you can see all of the podcasts on there. There's 70-something podcasts, the best. One of the best networks, uh, podcast networks that there is that that you could have. Uh, they're also a record label. They did uh, my um, my album, Paul Verzi, Night at the Stand, which don't forget hit number one on iTunes and number four on Billboard. I hope you people don't forget that anytime soon. You know I won't let you. Um, but yes, they were amazing to me, All Things Records. So please support All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com. Check out the podcast and follow them on Twitter at All Things Comedy. 
Um, if you are a uh, a company, then you are looking you you want to sponsor the Verzi Effect. Please contact me. You can email me at unacceptablesfortve at gmail. You can um, contact me on Facebook or Twitter. Direct message me. We could talk obviously after that in private. Um, if any any kind of business that uh, you'd like the word to get out, um, let me know. And uh, you know we range from all different uh, packages and prices to to be a part of our show. And uh, I am openly looking for people to uh, sponsor the Verzi Effect um, podcast. So let me know. I'd uh, love, uh, love to have some more people on board for 2016. I know sometimes my language, you know, would probably prevent, you know, Johnson & Johnson from being on here. I don't think they want to be a part of something where you start yelling out cunt and you start getting a little crazy about certain things or you get angry about an unacceptable and you talk about the uh, thought of physically harming being satisfying. I don't necessarily think Nestle is going to want to jump on board. But if uh, you you know who you are if you listen to the show, so um, let me know. Let me know. Get in touch with me and we will go from there. Um, before I talk about the trip that I just had in Miami which I was there for less than 24 hours, and it was amazing. But um, I do want to say and thank everybody. Um, first of all, I want to start by thanking Steve Mazzilli, who is the owner and booker of Levity Live Comedy Club in West Nyack, New York, which is located on the top of the Palisades Mall, one of the most beautiful comedy clubs that I've ever seen, one of my favorite comedy clubs in the United States of America to perform it. It's basically like a beautiful elegant 300 and something seat just unbelievable state I mean um, a bunch of comedians actually did specials there Rosie O'Donnell did her HBO special there um, you could film our specials it's a beautiful gigantic stage um, the seating the food the staff it's just the best the uh, the GM the, the chef just everybody is so cool there and um, as you guys know if you listen to the show for a while that's like my home away from home so when I'm not in New York City performing at the Stand or Stand Up New York or the clubs that I usually perform at in New York City, I perform, um, you know, on the road. And then the closest, like, road gig to my house would be Levity Live, which is, you know, even closer than New York City to my house. And, um, you know, they gave me a weekend. It was the first weekend where I had a full Thursday, Friday, Saturday, five shows. And um, I was overwhelmed and grateful for all the people that came out. Saturday shows were packed, almost looked like a sellout. Um, Friday shows were great. It was even a great turnout for a Thursday in December. So, you know, I mean, I was joking because, you know, they, they talked about how I opened for Burr at the Garden. And I joked about how I went from the Garden to a fucking mall. But, you know, that's all jokes because I got to tell you something. It's a beautiful room and the amount of people that came out, um, came out, bought my album, supported the album. Uh, the place was on fire. I'm not going to lie. Me and shout out to uh, comedians Alexis Guerreros and Mike Cannon for being on there with me. I also um, put some guest spots on. Uh, Cody O'Dell, Drew Dowdy, um, and um, Keenan Weaver. I did three guest spots on there. Everybody just came in, had a great time. It was all people I love working with. It was all love. It was just such a fun time. You know, we, we couldn't even, it was so much fun at Levity, we couldn't even believe we were working. We were just looking around, like, eating meatballs and shit, and they made cannolis for me because they knew I was going to be there and I'd like them, so it was just amazing. So, um, and, uh, you know, I always love putting guest spots on if I can. I put, dude, Drew, Dow Drew Dowdy 
This dude, if you guys haven't heard of this guy, this is a dude from um, Brooklyn, New York. And, uh, you know, it's just something about this dude. Like, this dude would come into the club and he would just watch. And I just saw somebody hungry watching. And then he would talk to me and he was just real respectful. And you could tell he was like a down-to-earth dude who gets it. Like, he's just one of those smart dudes who gets it. And he came to my album recording. And then I was like, you know, I just like wanted to help this dude. And, um, and then... I started asking people, is this guy Drew funny, you know? And they were like, yeah, he's really smart, this and that. So I told him I was going to have him up at Levity one time. And a long time went by. And he was probably like, this fucking lying motherfucker's never bringing me. And um, I brought him up. And uh, I got to tell you, I watched this set, man. And from minute one, this dude was just smart and hilarious to the point where I was like, man, there are comedians out there that if you give them the opportunity, man, they just, you know, sometimes talent just needs to meet opportunity. I was fortunate enough when I was coming up where people would, you know, see me and be like, man, you're real funny. I think you should come to this room. I think this guy would like you. This guy would like you. You need to put yourself out there. And um, Cody O'Dell, a comic that I saw uh, funny in San Antonio, he moved to uh, New York. I said that that would be a good dude, and he, I mean, a good move, and he did it, which was smart. A Keenan Weaver, a guy in Westchester, I saw him work one time at Levity. I put him on, so, you know. I love to just give back to anything that I could do. I mean, I can't do much, but whatever I can do, if I could put somebody on stage at a great club because I feel like they deserve the opportunity, um, you know, then that's what I'll do. So it was just a great weekend, and I can't thank everybody enough who came out. Not only supported the show, but, you know, supported the album. And, um, you know, I was overwhelmed with the turnout numbers. I know the club was happy, and I was too. So uh, thank you. You guys know who you are. It was an amazing time at Levity Live. really was. Now, uh, last night, uh, yesterday, I had to catch a flight to um, Miami, and uh, I want to uh, definitely give a big shout out to um, give a big shout out to Manny over there who runs the um, Manny runs the um, Flamingo Theater Bar at the uh, Four Ambassadors Hotel down there in Miami, and um, it was really, really an awesome, awesome experience, like, I'll get to the whole airport stuff, because I had some funny shit at the airport happen, but um, just before I even get into that, okay, I go to the, uh, I go to the, I get into the car, um, and and, and Manny's name is Manny uh, Garavito. And, um, so Manny runs the room and, um, Bartnick was there the night before and freaked me out the day before because I was like, yeah, I'm getting in the same time as Bartnick is, which was two o'clock, except Bartnick went in the day before the show. I went in the day of the show. So Bartnick calls me up from the airport. He goes, Hey man, are you here? We're at the airport. And I'm going, Holy shit, dude, this show's not tonight, is it? And then he was like, no, no, it's tomorrow. I just got, and I'm like, Oh dude, I don't come in until two o'clock tomorrow. Not today. So that was that was nuts, but anyway, I get to the airport, Manny picks me up, he's the booker, puts the show together, a comic out there. Dude, I show up, and this guy hands me, this guy pays me, just hands us the money for the thing, right away, out of the gate, here's your money, and then he gives me three Cuban Cohibas cigars, like that's what I was greeted with at the airport. And then he drives me over to my hotel, helps me check into my hotel, gets me my ho- my, my room, all that. And then um, that was it. And we went down. The show was awesome. It's this big for, uh, performance area. It's huge, actually. 
Um, it's one of those rooms that like the ceilings aren't low, so like it's like a big open space, but the stage area is nice. The sound system was great. And uh, yeah, we had a good time. Put some local comics up. Really funny. The guy who went before me, I forgot his name, Jared. or just, was a Really funny dude. Um, uh, I went up. You know, had a lot of fun. Bartnick went up, had a lot of fun. Then we hung out for a little bit, had some drinks, smoked a Cuban cigar, and um, it was just, yeah, it was a great time. Unfortunately, I had to be to the airport by 4.30 because my flight boarded at 5.30 and took off at 6. So there was really no way to sleep after you perform and you're, you know, I didn't want to sleep for two hours. But... I got a couple of funny uh, stories about flying here. So when I get to the um, when I get to the airport in at LaGuardia in New York before I fly, a couple of things happen. First of all, I'm fucking you know I'm exhausted, but whatever. And I drove myself to the airport because I was going to be there for less than 24 hours. So I figured I'd just leave my car in the lot for a night. And I love driving myself in. There's nothing better than landing on an airplane and taking your keys out and just getting in your car and being able to drive away. Well, the only thing better is when somebody else does it for you in a fucking much more nicer car. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess there's things that are better. But so I go to this, I go to this lady, and this isn't an unacceptable at all. But I was hungry, so I was like, listen, before I get on, let me just eat something. So. There's this place, you know, they sell like wraps for like fucking $350 at an airport. You know, two batteries, you, you need to take out a fucking loan because it's because it's an airport and they fuck you. They just bend you over at the airport because they know they could fuck you, you know. You have to have everything packed and they know nobody does. You know the way everybody forgets something? Like, no, I got my belt, I got my everything, I think I got my shoes, I got my toothbrush, I got enough shirts and I got underwear, I got the shoes, I got button downs, I got everything I need. What you're not thinking about is, yeah, I should bring two extra batteries, I should bring maybe a fucking sandwich, a couple of bottles of water, because otherwise I'm going to have to take another $340 to have fucking lunch at LaGuardia. So, I get this wrap and the lady goes, <laughs> it was just one of these funny fucking moments. Like, it was like a Curb Your Enthusiasm moment where she was like, you want mustard and mayonnaise? And I go, oh, I'll take mustard, please. And then she just goes, you don't want mayonnaise? And I was like, nah. Like, I don't. And it was just like this weird... It was like, I don't know if she's so trained to just keep giving people mustard and mayonnaise, but it's like, you asked me a question, I gave you the answer, and then you were like almost unhappy with it. So, that's fine. I eat this disgusting fucking turkey... On like a, in like a spinach wrap, which parts of the wrap were moist. I threw it out. There's nothing fucking worse. There's nothing. Is there anything worse than a sandwich or a wrap that has spots of like sogginess? It's the fucking worst. I won't eat it. I won't eat it. That's why that pre-fucking-made, pre-wrapped, sh- all that shit sucks. But you're hungry. And I wasn't going to wait on a fucking football field length line at Starbucks to get a fucking croissant and a coffee. You know, I don't know why they just don't have like 15 Starbucks in every day because the Starbucks, everybody lines up for the Starbucks. Sorry, I'm drinking my iced tea. I'm drinking my diet, diet lemonade iced tea. So, anyway, I throw out the rest of this disgusting fucking rap, which I hated. I get to the airplane and I asked for, um, I'm doing this thing now where I want upgrades. I want upgrades. You know, 
I like, you know, I mean, I'm not a prima donna. Well, maybe a little bit. I just, I want to fuck, I need leg room now. I can't, you know, I've done enough flights now where it's like I can't be fucking miserable that much anymore on a plane. But the flight's full. Luckily, I have a um, a window seat, and I'm up towards the front of the plane, like two rows behind the first class, and I had like, I, I think they said it was like extended leg. I don't know, but either way, I couldn't upgrade anything because the plane was full, so I get there. Now, everything is good, and I get happy because the kid sitting in the middle aisle was like a kid maybe late teens, you know, maybe 20, late teens, um, and he was like in shape, so I'm like, great, I don't have some big fat dude, it's not going to be crowded, like this kid is, I'm not even going to notice this kid's there, and all of a sudden I start noticing that this fucking kid's afraid to fly. Now look, I'm already not a great, I'm not a bad flyer, I fly so much that I'm kind of numb to it now, but of course I'm always like, you know, I mean, you're still flying, like it's a whole control thing, I like to have some sort of control in my life, I like to have sort of control of what's going on, and when you're in an airplane, I, you know, I don't know. You just don't know if the pilot's wife just said, fuck you, and like they had an argument, and he screamed, how can you fuck him, you cunt, and then all of a sudden he's flying a bunch of people. I don't know. You know, I don't want that guy there, but that's a story for another day. All right. I just don't fly great. I'm not that comfortable, you know, unless I'm hammered, which a lot of times, I'm not going to lie, I get a little hammered. You know, I get a little hammered uh, before I fly, maybe pop a little something and then pop a little pill. You know, just makes you feel like it's more of a ride instead of anything else. So, again, story for another day. So, you know, I say my little, you know, in my head, I just, you know, you know, it's it's a big deal. You're flying, make sure, you know, say a little something or just kind of, you know. And I look to the left, and I see the kid in the middle, and the kid in the middle starts doing the sign of the cross. Now that's fine, you know. I'll do that. I do that. Just make sure, you know. Say a little prayer or whatever. And, and all of a sudden I look again, man. He doesn't stop. He keeps doing it. So now like I look over. This dude did the sign of the cross like five times. He's like, you know, doing the sign of the cross, kissing his fingers, doing the sign of the cross, kissing his fingers. Like, I mean, at one point I'd be like, dude, you know something? Like, did you see something on the engine and you're just going for it? Like, what the fuck are you? Like, he heard you the first time. Like, don't insult. Like, you know, I remember one time somebody said like, you know, you could pray and ask for it once like, you know, God knows or whatever. I, either way, I just like the way the kid kept doing it was freaking me out. Now, I've done that before. I've done it multiple times, but not like a like the way this dude was doing it. And then like when like the wings would move or when the plane would turn, he kind of would pop up, which made me then pop up looking around. And I want to look like the veteran flyer. You know, because sometimes I really don't care when I'm super tired or hungover or Drunk, I just go with it. Sometimes I actually like a little turbulence. It makes me feel, I don't know, I like it. But then there's some times where I'm just super fucking, just I want to sleep. And this dude's nerves were getting me nervous. But then he fell asleep. I fell asleep and it was great. But here's what I did, which was stupid. My little brother came over the night before. We drank a lot, smoked a stick. And then like a fucking dope, I took an edible at like midnight. And I went from like this nice buzz, enjoying myself, to taking this edible at midnight. And from like fucking 1.30 to 2.30, it just got fucking rocked. Just got fucking, just got smacked with like a bat. I just went from like fucking chilling and relaxed to just fucking out. And then I woke up and then had to drive myself to the airport and do all that. So that all factored in. But then I get to Miami. Manny picks me up. Guy pays right away, 
hooks up the cigars. I would I would say for any comedian, go down there and do the uh, Flamingo Theater Bar. It's an awesome experience. They treat you amazing. Um, you know, there's great food and restaurants down there. There's great uh, bars, all kinds of stuff. The weather is obviously Miami. It's amazing. You know, you get to perform in front of a lot of people in a nice venue on a Wednesday night. So thank you to uh, Manny. Thank you to the Flamingo uh, Theater Bar. Everybody down there, any comedian should want to do that. It was uh, it was uh, awesome and opposite of unacceptable. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, that was the experience. And, and then I got back. I mean, I came back. I fl- That's the other thing. Today, flight was full. Didn't realize. Thought I had a window seat. I didn't. I had the middle seat. So I'm sleeping between these two people. And uh, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not. From now on, I'm going to the airport. And I'm just going to be like, when it's when they say, do you want to switch your seat? And you just always say no and think you're going to do it later. No, I'm doing it. I'm either getting emergency exit, extended leg, or first class. That's it. You can't, a human being was not meant to be a fucking prisoner for three hours on a fucking plane with their knees up. And by the way, how counterproductive is it to put your fucking carry-on or your small in the seat and under the seat in front of you? So now you really can't extend your legs. So it's already a little, and then you put a book bag by your feet, and you're just, it's brutal. It's brutal. I'm not doing it. I'm really not doing it anymore. Um, okay, so uh, what else is going on? Should I get into the unacceptable first? No, you know what I'll do? I'm going to go in this order here. Because I do want to talk about the five years that's been TVE, everybody. And thank you so much. I don't know how many of you have been aboard for all five. I know there are some people. I know some people wanted to know the first time I did it. But, uh, yeah, it was. I looked at it, and the first one was uh, December 10th. I'm going to get into that. But first, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about a couple other things. Then I'm going to go into my unacceptable. Then I'm going to get to your guys' unacceptable, which is not going to be a lot because we had a quick turnaround. And then I will go into the five years of TVE. And we'll talk some other shit. Okay. Um, I was talking about this on stage, and I really mean this, and I know some people aren't going to like this. All right? But it was just something we were talking about, and it's something I wanted to bring back up. Uh, I might have touched on it on the show before, here and there, or a little bit, but I'm going to get into a little more detail with it now. Um, And again, I know some people aren't going to like it, and they're going to say it's not the right thing to do. But I got to tell you, for the first time in my adult life, I have been looking around, and I don't get it, and you guys know, I don't get big into politics. I really don't, you know. Um, I, I'm a registered independent. I, you know, I look around. I definitely, I'm not going to lie, I definitely have, you know, some, some conservative views. Uh, you know, I definitely have some views where I'm not as you know, not as conservative with certain things, but I'm just kind of a middle of the road. I feel like I feel like, put it this way, if you listen to my podcast and you know, you think you know me for listening to my podcast, that's pretty much how I am in life and how I would deal with voting and politics. You know, somebody's got to wow me and make a lot of sense. And this is the first time in my life where I'm looking around going, wow, the choices, the things that I'm actually watching, some of these fucking grown adults that get to put on suits and go on national television and debate and they act like either fucking immature bullies they act like dopes. They don't know what the fuck they're doing or what they're talking about. They're either deep-rooted into fucking the environment or 
or or religion and they're trying to govern that way. It's just all kinds of fucking like this guy cares so much about this and this guy cares so much about this and this guy hates this guy and this guy's going to insult this. It's like it really is one of the worst choices I've ever fucking seen. From Donald Trump all the way to fucking Hillary Clinton. It just seems that there's nobody... And I got to tell you, man, it is like I joke around about, oh, there's a dude named Jeb and fucking Chris Christie's some out of shape dude from Jersey, which is all true. I mean, you, I mean, think about it. I mean, Chris Christie, if he was president, I mean, that'd be fucking ridiculous to see a guy that that's fucking can't take care of himself. He's going to fucking take. And then you got a dude named Jeb. I mean, you got fucking Donald Trump wearing an awful, doing something awful with his hair, cursing at people or calling people fat and fucking, you know, it's just like, I mean. You know, like, what? first of all, what's that guy doing? What's Donald Trump doing? This is how dumb this guy... Donald, I'm going to tell you something. I, I really feel like this. This guy started out doing okay. And he started out saying things that were refreshing and that people wouldn't say and that people were like, wow. And even when he was doing it, people were fucking into it and were like, wow, man, this is different. Maybe this is what the country needs. And all the, everybody had, and then he starts fucking making fun of fat people. He starts insulting people. Then he starts saying that, you know, he wants to stop certain people from coming. And like, I get what he's trying to do, but he's going from a guy who's trying to stick to his guns to just sounding like a fucking bigot dope. It's fucking ridiculous what's going on. All of these guys stink. Hillary wants to be the president so fucking bad. I can't stand that shit. You know, it's it's like there's nobody. And I got to tell you something. And this is where people are going to... I'm going to lose people. I'm not fucking voting. I really don't think I'm going to vote. And that's my fucking right. And I don't agree with anybody saying, well, you just vote for the lesser of two evils. Fuck that. You're still voting for evil. That's stupid. I, you got to vote for the less asshole. No, I'm not fucking voting for any of these fucking assholes. I'm voting for when somebody fucking moves me. And let's be honest. If you think your vote counts in New York, it doesn't. The vote's going to the Democrats in New York no matter what. No matter what. Whether I'm a Democrat, Republican, or Independent, whoever fucking votes in New York, the, the you know, the, the left wins in, in, in New York. So it really doesn't fucking matter. Anybody's, no, no, but probably your vote counts, your vote counts. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. You can say it all you want. You can say to me, oh, you got to vote, you got to vote. It doesn't count, okay? Because if I go in and I pull my fucking independent lever or Republican lever or, or whatever lever, no matter what you pick, whether it's, you know, right, left, or in the middle, whatever you pick, the fucking left is going to win in New York the way that it's going to win in California. But I would still vote, even knowing that it really doesn't fucking matter in New York, I would still vote if there was somebody that fucking moved me. If there was a somebody out there that made me go, wow, this guy's saying something that's different or, or, or woman, you know, or, or this woman is saying something that I've never heard and I really like the idea and I'm passionate about it and I think like something, but it's just so bad right now. It's just all insults. It's all just fucking hatred. It's all just like dragging the other person through the mud on their campaign and those fucking awful commercials. It's, it's just, it's really ridiculous, and I look at these people, they yell, one guy's fucking screaming, the other guy's fat, the other guy's a fucking, like, all over the map, some guys are just sitting there quiet with no fucking heart, it's like, what are you doing? You know, now, with all fairness, I don't know too much about the other Democratic candidates, and I don't know too much about, I mean, I know a little bit about Bernie Sanders, a little, but I didn't see much, and, um, you know, 
Marco Rubio, I don't know much about him, so I need to see more about him. I, I was hearing decent things about him. But it's like everything that I'm I'm seeing, you know, whether it's somebody on the left or the right, every and they always say the guy in the middle's crazy, which I find funny. It's like just because a guy didn't pick a side, he's like crazy and it would never work. And it never does work, but it doesn't mean the guy's crazy. But no matter where I anything that I've seen from Trump to Hillary to this one to that one, I, have, I haven't I have looked at anybody going, yes, I'm looking at people going, what? this is the fucking choice of the next leader of the free world of these fucking dopes? They're dopes. What, is it, what does it come to? I got to tell you, whether you like Obama or not, and I'm not the biggest Obama guy, at least this guy's fucking presentable and can speak. I mean, if this guy was running now, he'd win this thing by a fucking landslide. Was it? Who was it? Fucking Mondale won one fucking. What was it? One where Reagan had every state except Mondale. I mean, like if 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 Obama was running right now against these fucking dopes, it'd be over. You know, I just, I just, I don't understand it. So when I say like, don't vote, I'm not gonna vote, and people just get mad and go, you know how bad that is. You know how bad that is. I don't think it's that bad. And if you disagree with me, write me. I'll talk to you about it. I'll talk about it on stage if you want to have a, a you know an argument. I mean, obviously, if you go at me in a way that I don't like, I'm not gonna fucking I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and take insults on my own fucking show. But I'm I'm gonna. But I I, I mean, if you if you make a good point against what I'm saying, then. But this whole idea of like, no, no, you just gotta find the lesser of two evils and vote for that. That's ridiculous. That's like that's ridiculous. You know, you wouldn't do that with sex if you were like single. And okay, they're they're both kind of ugly and out of shape. But I mean, just pick one of them. It's like no, I'm not. I'm gonna fucking go home and whack off. Not voting is you going home and jerking off. That's what it is, and that's that's what I'm gonna do. Cause I'm good at that. Okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but seriously, I I I just look at this shit and I'm like, man, this is like. Because usually by now you could be like, oh, that's definitely going to be the, and that's definitely going to be like, that. Like by now you could say like, look, it's either going to be this one or that one. But, you know, the guy leading Trump right now, like, I mean, what the guy is saying, the guy's like, I mean, who are this guy's advisors? This guy's just, I know he's trying to be like the guy saying everything, but like, what's he going to say next? You know, this guy like sounds like a fucking... One of those guys who like doesn't have a filter at his Thanksgiving table, and now he's just bringing it to a podium. It's like you got to think, dude. So, so anyway, that's um, that's my thought on on voting and all this stuff. Like, I'm at, you know, there's nobody that I'm like, yeah. Uh, I didn't vote. I didn't vote in the last election because I didn't, I didn't like, um, I didn't like, what's his name? Who's the fucking guy who ran, uh, who was the fucking rich fucking uh, Mitt Romney? Yeah. I didn't vote for Mitt Romney and I didn't vote for, I didn't vote for Obama. I didn't, I didn't, I don't really believe, I didn't really believe in either of them. I didn't, I didn't believe in either of them. I was like, nah, I don't, I don't, I think that this is. I think that this is some forced fucking corporate bullshit, and I didn't believe in it, and I just didn't vote, and it felt fucking good. It felt good to not have a belief for somebody in your heart and keep that home and be like, you know what, when I'm ready, I'm gonna. 
And I voted. Listen, I've only not voted once. So for anybody out there going, oh, yeah, you don't vote. You're not a voter. You don't, no, no, I voted. I've voted before. I've voted in a few elections before where I actually had believed in something. And I was like, all right, let, let's, let's, you know, just do it. I mean, but, you know, and you know, you know, I mean, anyway, like, but like state votes and stuff like that, you have a little bit of a say, I guess. But, uh, you know, this time around, like, I'm not fucking, you know, I, I just can't. I, there's nobody right now that's like, for Donald Trump to be saying the shit he's saying shows me one of two things. Either he really doesn't want to be president or he's not that intelligent. Those are the moves that he's making right now. Those are the two things that this man is doing. And anybody who thinks anything different, if you think he's actually doing good things right now, he's this guy's shooting himself in the foot every day. He's getting crazier and crazier with the stupid shit that he says. Which I don't mind because he's making my trumpet look fucking fantastic right now. But, like, either you don't want to be president and this was all a big fucking fame run to get more money or to, to you know, make your other endeavors and your other businesses, you know, just prosper and, and, and you know, people know you and you're, you know, you're hosting Saturday Night Live. You're, you know, you're just going to keep the, the Trump name going any way that you can. Like, if that's what you're doing, fine, then you're succeeding. Okay, but if you're really trying to be president and you're saying this, you're just you're 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 not intelligent. You're just, you're just not it's not it's not smart. It's not intelligent. It's not forward thinking. It's it's fucking lunacy is what you're saying. It's ridiculous because you're not looking at it from any other perspective but like a crazy one. And you know, I think that that's you know ridiculous. And I think you know you could see through Hillary's fucking shit. I think I think she just wants to be president. I think none of these people are really talking about what they're gonna do. They just fucking pander. It's ridiculous. I hate them all. I really, I really, I love being an independent. I love looking at both sides. I love looking at both sides be extreme. I love looking at liars who say they're more in the middle when you know they're one way and they're just trying to change for the fucking vote. It's fucking ridiculous. So I might sit this one out, guys. <clears throat> Sorry if you're mad. But it's my show and I could be honest, damn it. All right, let's see. What else are we what else are we going to talk about here? Got some more to talk about. This is episode 237 on the 5-year anniversary today. To date. Okay? As a matter of fact, I think the first one might have been out right around this time, December 10th, 2010. All right. Um, let's see where we are with time. All right, 30, 35 minutes, perfect. I'm going to do my um, unacceptable. Then I'll get to your guys' unacceptables. And then after that, we will talk about TVE, five years, look back on some things, some guests, some stuff that happened, and then we'll talk sports and do a bunch of other stuff. Um, and by the way, if you guys have any, you know, anything you guys want to talk about, hit me up on... Um, on the email for the for the um, podcast show, it is unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. That is unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. And by the way, guys, uh, thank you. I've been getting some purchases, and um, the posters have arrived. So don't worry. If you ordered a poster and did not get it yet, the posters have arrived. Um, I have them here now. And um, on Monday... 
all of the people who purchased the, the will be will be shipped out. Now, a lot of you guys, I don't know if who's talking shit or not. A lot of you guys said you wanted a poster, you wanted a poster signed, you wanted an album, you wanted an album signed with your name. I can do all of that for you. Send it in a package with your name on it. I could sign it, sign it along with the poster and ship it out to you. I have no problem doing that. Um, the only thing is you got to like let me know. You got to you got to so if you purchase it if you go to my web, you could go to my website now. You could purchase uh, Paul vs. United to stand for ten dollars. You can purchase the TVE hashtag unacceptable poster, which, by the way, it came in the mail and I was nervous to open them. I thought they're fucking awesome. I couldn't be more happy or proud of my podcast poster. I think it's fucking awesome. I think it's one of the coolest things if you like have a little area or a desk area or something like that to put it in a little frame and hang it up. I'm doing that in my office, but it really is like. It's like simple. It's got the microphone in the middle. You could go to my thing. It looks sick, um, like in person, like holding it. It's awesome. So uh, I'm selling those for five, and I'm selling the album for ten. So fifteen bucks if you go. You could pay for it right to my website. It goes to the PayPal, and I I will ship it out to you. So um, you know, just uh, let me know though. Message me. Go to uh, you know. Unacceptables for TVE at Gmail in the subject just said purchase something. Can you sign it to this? Can you say this? Anything like that you guys want me to do, I will sign it like that. You know, fucking to Jeff, to Jennifer, fucking blah, blah, blah. Thanks for listening. Anything like that, I will sign them and I'll send them off. But you just got to let me know. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, if you've contributed to the show a lot, if you've been somebody that sent in, I would love to send you, you know, I, I mean, I'd love to... Uh, I'd love for you to have this stuff. So just uh, go to the website. You could get all the stuff there. And uh, there you go. Uh, that's Paul at paulverzi.com. But the posters are awesome. And, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. The funny thing is, and I guess because, you know, you don't really get much. But I thought the posters, since they were only five bucks, were going to just go nuts. And the album is still just beating it. Like the, I mean, I just did get the posters, but the album is... People want the hard copies. People downloaded it. It's doing really, really well. So so thank you again for that. But you can get all that stuff on the website. Now, my unacceptable for the week, everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, is I'm listening to the radio the other day. And I'm just, you know, I'm driving my I'm driving my daughter to, to, to daycare in the morning. Or, you know, just running whatever morning errands I'm running. And all the radio stations are talking about was... Kanye West's and Kim Kardashian's baby's name. And I'm just looking around, and I know I've done stuff like that before, but what's really unacceptable about it is what's going on now. Like, what's... So So this is the thing. Like, you can't win. What's really unacceptable is what people feed you. You cannot win. And here, here's why. So the unacceptable of the day is not that they just dwell on the name because that's what they've been doing with celebrities for a while. The, the unacceptable of the day is that you have to listen to that because the other stuff that they're telling you is either quick and they stop it and they know what they're doing with it. And it's like there's all of these horrible things going on in the world. And granted, you don't want them to keep fucking talking about it because it's depressing. People in Paris got killed. And people in California got shot. Planned Parenthood gets shot. All these fucking horrible things. And you just want it to go away. So then the other thing is like, you know, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West named their baby Saint. I don't give a fuck. 
It's unacceptable what's going on in the world. And I got to go to these fucking awful social media things or all these radio stations or, oh, look at the cast of so-and-so now. How do they look now? You won't believe what celeb said this. Click here. It's like that's the shit that we're being put in front of. That's why fucking people pass out when they see Justin. That's why some fucking 14-year-old girl passes out if she sees Justin Bieber because he's made to be this fucking, you know what I mean? He's a little fucking nitwit. I mean, listen, the kid's... I'm not trying to talk shit about the kid. The kid's talented or whatever, but... Some little fucking kid walking around with fucking tight pants on and fucking... And, and, and people are going nuts crying like he's the second coming or something. And of course they should because that, that's all, that's, all that's, that's given. And the other shit that's given is they just harp on this awful thing. There's no, like, in the, me- in the middle normal fucking news. And that's why... That's why I think fucking ESPN and sports is as big as it is. Because I'd rather listen. I would honestly rather listen to if Cam Newton's going to play this Sunday or not because it may affect betting. It may affect a point spread. Okay? I want to see a competitive game because that's what entertains me. And you know something in sports, as much as you want to shit on it, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and then there's a real outcome and result of what happens. And that's a standing forever. And the other teams that played, and that actually fucking happens. And you know what? It's not for dumb dopes who don't fucking see what's going on in the news. It's for people that actually do see what's going on in the news and just want some sort of fucking escape. But you can't because it's either Kim Kardashian's fucking baby's name or fucking just dwelling on some fucking awful fucking shooting, and nothing is fucking, there's no like decent or fun news anymore, there's no fucking, there's, it's, it's just, it's fucking awful, it's unacceptable, so again, the unacceptable isn't that the fucking their name and the baby, the unacceptable is that if, if you're not listening to that, you're listening to something fucking awful, and, and, and first of all, you should listen to something awful over that though, I'd rather find out about a suspect in a fucking mass shooting than what Kim and Kim Kardashian and Kanye West fucking name their baby on a radio station. People go, you're not going to believe it. Come back, tune in after this, and we'll tell you. I mean, that's fucking unacceptable in itself. But this unacceptable is there's nothing you can listen to anymore because it's either fucking horrible or fucking Justin Bieber got crabs or whatever. I don't give a fuck. It's unacceptable. Play some, say something good or, 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 or fucking something. You know, I, I actually miss, I, you know what, this is how things, how bad things are, I actually miss, hey, coffee may stop fucking diabetes, Remember, at least when they did that shit, you know, they would flip, at least when they did that, you'd be like, ah, you'd be have, fucking have an argument, or you'd be able to talk about it when you have people over for dessert, you'd be like, you hear about this, yeah, I heard it's good, well, last week they said it's not this week, you know, you, you have something to talk about, now it's just, it's fucking ridiculous. Think about that, it's, it's both sides, it's like, oh my god, you hear about that mass shooting? Yeah, the guy got like 14 people and shot everybody. What'd you hear? I don't know. You guys hear about Kim Kardashian's baby's name, Saint? It's, like, it's fucking what? Unacceptable. What we're given is fucking unacceptable. That's the unacceptable. What we're given. As the, as the public, we're just a bunch of fucking dopes. We're robots who just fucking listen to everything and get, you know? I'm starting to get into car commercials. I swear to God, I'm starting to get into car commercials. I'm actually getting into the luxury and, and, and accessories of cars now because, like, I just want to read something about that. I'm trying to get away from all this shit. I just read. I, I love simple shit. And again, not being dumb. I love simple shit in a way that's like I just fucking want to 
You know, I like looking at sneakers. I like looking at cars. You know, starting to get, you know, more and more I'm starting to just, you know, the you know I'm in my 30s. The older I get, I'm starting to just want to buy nicer clothes. I want to read up on nicer shit like that. All that stuff. I don't want to hear this shit anymore. And it's fucking so bad. It's so bad. Everything in the news is either what celebrity did this, what outrageous thing Donald Trump said, or, you know, suspects in this thing. That It's nothing else. It's all the same shit. Go to Fox News, it's a bunch of fucking dopes yelling about how they hate the other side. You go to this side, it's all a bunch of fucking dopes talking about how that side's killing the country and trying to be extreme. It's the same fucking thing. It just never goes away. That's why I love your kids, love your family, go fucking play sports, go get outside, get some exercise. I know I sound like an old fucking man, but you know what? I don't care. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to sweatpants, New Balance, and playing fucking backgammon with my fucking old friends and just sit there laughing, having a good time, reminiscing about shit. That's all I give a shit about. Smoking cigars and doing that shit. Instead, I got to hear this fucking nonsense, a joke. Unacceptable. All right. I... I, I it makes you wish for bad shit. And I hate wishing for bad shit. You know? Like it makes you wish for like... Like somebody fucking took their coffee and cookie and just mushed Kim Kardashian in the face. And when Kanye West came up and tried to fucking... They, they just knocked him out cold and then just see footage of that. I want to see footage of that. I know it sounds bad, but it's just like... That, that's something that at least I could actually put the radio on and smile about and listen. Oh, I hope they talk about it all fucking day. Or like having a, having a radio guy go into something nobody gives a fuck about. And while he's doing it, like, hey, did you hear the name? Somebody just comes in and starts smacking him, screaming, don't ever report this again. Or I'm going to just keep coming, beat the shit out of you, you fucking dope. Oh my god, man. Fucking unbelievable. Alright. Here we go. Here we go. This is... Here we go. This is uh, your guys... Well, this is either going to be... I'm going to read just everything that you guys wrote in this because there's not many here. Okay, that was my unacceptable... Sorry, guys. Sorry I went off a little bit there. I went off a little bit there. What are you going to do? I just I'm just being honest here. But don't worry, because we're going to get to some nice, fuzzy, cool stuff that's not going to make me freak out uh, about the anniversary show here. So, um, But I'll get into your guys' unacceptables. And uh, and uh, and then uh, we'll get into some uh, cool stuff. We got, we got more show, everybody. So sit back, relax. With me, your host, Paul Verzi, on the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode 237. Here we go. Um... Paul, this is a long one. I'm sorry, but I'm fucking pissed right now, and I need people to know just how unfucking acceptable this roommate is. Uh, I sent in some doozies about roommates before, but this shit takes a goddamn cake. My roommate told me two months ago that he wanted to move into his fraternity house next semester. 
So I go and look for another roommate to replace him so I don't get stuck with some random person that I don't know. I ask him over and over if he is moving or not. Never got a response. Meanwhile, this guy I thought was my friend is a total dick to my girlfriend to the point she didn't want to even be in the room when he's there. He isn't my friend. He just acts like it whenever I'm feeling down because he's fucked up and likes it when other people feel like he does. Wow. There you go. Um, the, uh, instant, uh, the instant I feel happy, he acts like a total prick. So today, the second to last day of the finals week, he says he's moving out. I can't move in with my buddy because all of the... Uh, I can't move in with my buddy because all of the room changed uh, forms were finalized before this asshole told me he was leaving. Uh, I got totally left out to dry. Please, for the love of Christ, read this text uh, text message and tell the people what an unacceptable douche this guy is. I'm the green conversation starts. Okay, I'm in the green. I got you. Conversation starts at me saying, can you? Uh, in two picture attachments, please give me a good rant because I know you uh, you get how, how ridiculous this is. Thanks, Paul. The only saving grace is I don't have to put up with this semester, uh, put up with another semester of this bullshit. Okay, so here we go. Um, I got two I got two attachments here from the from you. So let me see. It starts with this one. I'm just make sure here. So I want everybody to get it right. Let's see here. It says, I'm in the green. Conversation starts at me saying, can you? In the two picture attachments. Okay, here we go. Okay. Can you move today? Uh, already assigned a new roommate. And I don't want him to have to wait. Uh, I have a final from four to six. Uh, after your final, I got to go out. I have all planned out. Don't worry. Don't pull this guy out. Uh, don't put this guy out, man. You can still go. Okay, so you're being a good guy. You could still go out, but can you just move your stuff? Move some of your stuff. He says, uh, I'm saying no. I'm moving my things to the house Friday. Already don't have a place to sleep Saturday night. I'm not going two nights on a gross couch. Not when I don't have to, and especially not after this week. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying move out, just like clear some boxes so he can start to move his stuff in so we don't have to do it um, all tomorrow. I don't want to leave super late tomorrow. Um, sleep in the room. I wasn't saying completely move, just some of your stuff. Man, I've been stressed as hell all week. There are extren uh, extraneous circumstances, and there's always has been. There's just... Uh, they're just bad right now. Moving boxes is the last thing I want to do. Focus on your final. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, look. You tried to do... I, hey, dude. Yeah, like... I think what you're saying is completely understandable. And I think that... Uh, I think the dude's being unreasonable. I think the dude's being unreasonable. You know? The guy doesn't tell you till last fucking minute that he can't move. I mean that he's going to move. He doesn't tell you. You've been asking him for so long it could have been done. He doesn't tell you till last minute. Now you have a new guy in there because you have to fuck it so you don't get screwed. 
and all you're asking the guy to do, you don't want to screw this guy, and you're just asking this guy to move some stuff, and he could still sleep there and stay in the room, and he's doing that. Yeah, whatever, dude. You know what? You got this guy out of your life, and it's 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 that's it. You know what? That's it. That's why roommates suck, but you're 100% right, and it seemed like you were trying to be, it seemed like to me in the text, you were trying to be reasonable. You know, because when I look at the text, and you say something like, um, you know, can you move today uh, already assigned? Well, see, that that's the one thing. He, maybe when you said, can you move today, he might have thought, like, move out. Um, but then you were nice where you go, don't do, don't put this guy out. You can still go out, but you know, just move some of your stuff. Yeah. The guy's a dick dude. And it just sounds like, uh, what you were saying about how the guy is with your girl. She doesn't want to be in the same room. And when you're down, you know, a guy's not happy. So we might see you, uh, you know, we might see you in a certain way, like you said. And, uh, yeah, some people thrive on misery and, and bad shit. And it seems like to me you're getting out of a uh, you're getting out of a situation and you're dodging a bullet, so you don't have to have this guy around anymore. So um, yeah, dude, that's um, that's unacceptable. Uh, thank you for the submission. I hope it works out for you too. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, oh, this is somebody saying that. Uh, yes, somebody. Yes, see, there you go. Somebody just said, love the podcast. I just purchased the album and poster, but I meant to ask if you could please sign the poster. Hopefully you get this before you send it out. It'll be sent out on Monday, brother, and it will be signed. Thank you. You see that? This guy gets it. This guy gets it. Good for you, Gary. Um, okay, here we go. This one is from Jose Marie Zafra. Unacceptable Buffalo Wild Wings. Hi, Paul. This happened a few weeks ago, and I totally forgot to submit it. After hearing about what you went through at, your, at that family restaurant you were talking about, it uh, spurred my memory. Anyways, two of my buddies and I decide to get some wings at the local Buffalo Wild Wings in Glendale, California. So we go in, sit down, and already have had about 10 minutes wait just to get the menus. So I could already tell that this will be... A good one. Um, this will be a good one. Finally, the waiter comes. Skinny white dude seemed nice, and he apologized, and we said, no problem, man, it happens. So he takes our order, and then we get our food. So we ask for the check and wait 15 minutes just to get the check. Then we see another waiter, and we decide to give it to him. We tell him we are uh, getting ready to go and that it took a while so he takes it and goes then our original waiter comes and asks where the check is and we say waiter number two took it and then he says you guys couldn't wait uh walk off to talk wait walks off to talk to other guy so already we were wondering what the fuck was that oh man then he comes back and we find out the charges are off so we tell him that we were not hold on Sorry, I'm trying. Okay. So we tell him, okay, so then he comes back and we find out the charges are off. So we tell him that we were not uh, charged right. And he takes, it, he takes it again. And this time apologizes to us saying, it's a busy night and you guys, no offense to you guys, uh, chose to come uh, to the most ghetto fucking restaurant chain ever, Buffalo Wild Wings. 
These people don't pay me shit here. Wow. And I have to deal with these <laughs> with these people. So pretty much just starts venting. He continues on saying, um, I do not give a shit. If you tell the manager because I am on my way out already, I don't care. He walks off and adjusts the bill. Then my friend was like, fuck this guy, to which we all agreed. He then comes back and I tell him, dude, whatever your next job is, make sure you do not work in foods or customer service because you are one weak bitch. Wow. Um, and to take and to take it out on us. Uh, curse your fucking manager that not uh, curse your curse your manager that not us. OK, so that was written weird. Hold on a second. OK. So you basically were just saying, do whatever your next job is. Make sure you don't work in foods or customer service. And you said, Cause you, wow, though, because you are one weak bitch and to take it out on us. Um, curse your fucking manager that, not us. I then talked to the manager, and, well, he just says they will let him go. Wow, fucking unacceptable. People nowadays bitch so much about their jobs. Wow. I feel him just a bit. It sucks to be paid shit and underappreciated. To take it out on the customers, though, and customers that were nice, I don't mean to play us up, uh, but we are fucking gentlemen. <laughs> we were nice to the asshole the entire time until the end. Sorry for the long-winded unacceptable, Paul, and please come out to Los Angeles soon. I will be out there, man. I'm going to be out. I'm performing at the uh, Orpheum New Year's Eve. All right, only a couple more here, guys. Let's see. Um, this is a quick one. Jeremy Rivert says, Giants' inability to stop anything against the pass is unacceptable. And, Jeremy, you could not be more right. There is nothing more unacceptable than the Giants' pass defense right now and the D-backs. It's, it's painfully awful. Absolutely awful. Um... Okay, last one of the emails. Kyle Carroll says, Hey, Paul, wanted to switch it up with this one and give you an acceptable rather than unacceptable. I like it. I like it. My acceptable for this week is getting ready to sit down and celebrate on the second night of being in the new house myself and my lovely girlfriend just bought together with a high-quality stick and some damn good whiskey while listening to the Verzi Effect 236. Thanks for the perfect timing on the late podcast release and the laughs, Paul. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving with you and your family, Kyle. Well, Kyle, I see the picture, and uh, and, and you, it, it seems like you do. You got your jack. You got your stick. You even got the, I love that you got the uh, that old uh, Cuban ashtray there. Got the cutter. Looking good, brother. That's awesome. Yeah, I did that too the other night. Sometimes just smoking. I was smoking a Cuban at my house by myself. And sometimes just sitting in your house doing it like for like a little mini celebration is the best. But that looks awful. And hey, man, yeah, send on accept send acceptables too. You know? It doesn't always have to be, this cocksucker's eating ice cream in front of my... You know, it doesn't always have to be that. Um, let's see if we have any unacceptable... Okay, we have an unacceptable from Salvo. This is on Twitter. At Sal... Uh, Piz831, so that's capital S and then A-L, capital P-I-Z-Z-831, watching a movie, Paul Verzi, watching a movie on the bus with volume slash uh, no headphones, unacceptable, put them all in one bus and drive it off a fucking cliff. 
Thank you for the... I never understood why people would do that. Um, this one is from... Um, I don't know. And? And. I don't know. It's at A-N-A-N-D. N-N the Great. Okay. A-N-A-N-D the Great underscore. Unacceptable. Paul Verzi. Oh, and this was to Bill Burr. Opening your door so far that it hits the car beside you. <laughs> That's the worst when that happens, especially if people are there. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Uh, that might be it, guys. Yeah, that was it. Where are we at right now? Oh, 59 minutes. It always works out, doesn't it? Uh, okay. All right, well, uh, you guys know to uh, keep sending the unacceptables, like I said, unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. Uh, talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, it could be an acceptable and unacceptable. Uh, just like I was saying before, send it in and we will definitely talk about it. So thank you for your submissions. One thing I wanted to do right now, guys, I wanted to really talk about five years of TVE. Um, I don't know when you jumped on. Some people told me they jumped on in the 40s, in the 50s. Some people said they jumped on at 120-something and 140-something. Um, you know, some people, hey, I got on at like 190 and it was great. I don't know wherever you jumped on board. But what I could tell you is there were times doing this show where I was tired. I, I, To be quite honest, I was like, man, fuck this, dude. I can't do this right now. I just traveled. I just did it. I just can't sit in front of a microphone and do the show. And you guys literally pushed me sometimes and I would get, come on, man, put it out, put it out. It's funny, put it out. And that's why, you know, I made a conscious effort to be as good as I can getting it out Wednesday night or Thursday morning. I know sometimes I slip, but I'm slipping a lot less than I used to. Um, and there was a ton of traveling coming up. But um, for this to be the five-year anniversary of me actually sitting in front of my computer for five years and sticking to something, it's one of the... It's one of the coolest things ever because I remember, you know, doing TVE when I had not, not even kidding. I remember looking and there was like 130 listeners and then it went to like 315 listeners and then it went and I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, should I be doing it? But I'm like, yeah, those 300 people listen. And then slowly just doing podcasts and other people's podcasts and, and it just started to build, and then people started hearing other people talking about it. And I remember I went on Bill Burr's show, and then we, I plugged it, and people came. And I went on Bobby Kelly's uh, YKWD, and people, and, and Joe Matarese, and, and Artie Lang, and, and all these different people. And I just stuck with doing my show. Because I was going to, you know, when, when I'm a guest on a show, I have a good time and do it. But, like, I always wanted to make sure that I kept the Verzi effect and I kept my podcast. So, you know, my voice can be heard, and I could just have a good time and talk to the people. And, um... Then I remember the first time I was like, wow, was when it was like, I looked up and there were 1,100 listeners. It went from like three to five and then boom, I looked one day and it was 1,100 listeners. And now my numbers go anywhere from about 68 to 68,000 to 95, 68 to 95,000 per month per hits. And, and it just kind of continues to grow. And the fact that I have you people out there in Croatia right now, you guys out there and, you know, I got people in, in England, I got people in, you know, 
New Zealand and, and Japan and all you soldiers out there listening, man. I know who you you know, I, I know where you are. I know you're listening to me out there. Um, you know, I obviously I'd love to meet you. I don't know you like that, but I know that you're out there doing some dangerous shit and you're listening to me fucking rant and scream about unacceptables and, and doing all the shit that I do. It's crazy humbling to know that. So, you know, that I I literally got a message from somebody and they were like yeah, I'm out here in the fucking, you know, the guy was like in fucking Bulgaria, wherever the guy was. The guy was just in the middle. And he's like, I'm, you know, I'm waiting for your show. And I'm like, fine, I traveled, I'm tired, or I'm a little sick. I think if some guy is in the middle of fucking nowhere and he's waiting, I think if a soldier is in a fucking Humvee as a gunner, okay, and the guy's got to piss himself because he's fucking the enemy shooting at him. And he's, I think I could fucking get up and, and do the podcast. So um, there's been some really funny great moments on, on the show. Um, I want to talk about some of the past guests I've had some, some really cool memories on the show. Um, unfortunately it's not like a TV show where we could bring back footage, but I I definitely remember some moments. I remember one really cool moment that I think you guys will like and appreciate was I remember being in the stand before it was the stand. I went there and, um, you know, the construction was going on and, um, my managers, uh, at the time and, and, you know, they were owning the place or whatever. And it was like, they were like telling me the idea and it was all dusty and wood everywhere and walls needed to be painted and there was no stage up. It was just this, it was basically this fucking construction site, you know, inside this place. And uh 17 year old Pete Davidson was like, I'd love to do your podcast. And I was like, yeah, man. And you know, Pete came on the show and we just talked about a lot of stuff and how he, you know, saw Bill Burr and loved Bill, and then he watched me open for Bill, and he, you know, became a fan of mine, and he started listening to my podcast. He was this young kid, and then, or he might have been like 18 when he did it. He might have just turned 18 when he did it, and I was like, yeah, you guys are going to hear from this guy. I knew it, you know, and, um, and you know, Pete's, Pete's going to actually come back on the show, but Pete is now a cast member of Saturday Night Live, and, um, you know, we were just talking about stuff, uh, sitting in what we didn't know at the time was going to become one of the greatest comedy clubs in the country and and for me and him to get so much work at that club and to be friends and I remember people going wow you put that young kid Pete Davidson on your show huh I was like yeah man it was just something about the kid that I liked and I wanted to put him on and and um so you know he did the show also um Joe Matarese my buddy Joe Matarese uh he lives in Westchester he's he's done the show um, a couple of times, Bill Burr, I have to thank Bill Burr for being, I think, I guess maybe three times on the show. There was just a lot of great conversations. Uh, Adrian Appalucci and I had a great time. I think, um, Ryan Dalton was on the show. Uh, my buddy, Chris Lambert was on the show. Um, I'm just trying to go through people that did the show, man. Cause we had a lot, we had a lot of good time. Uh, Burt Kreischer did the show. Um, who else? Uh, Faryaz Rabiz. Faryaz did the show. Rabizi, I think his last name is. Um, I don't want to fuck that up, but um, yeah, I remember talking to who else did the show that, uh, that I. I'm trying to think who did the show that I could remember. It was a good time. Oh, James Goff and one of the best. James Goff did the show. It was great. One of the funniest podcasts I ever I ever laughed was when Angelo Lozado did the show. So if you guys want to go back and look, Angelo Lozado and I, we were talking about how 
he was just talking about how people get like really, really irrational about like their team making the playoffs and like all the scenarios that have to happen. And we were fucking crying. Oh my God. We're talking about when uh, Mike Woodson got fired from the Knicks after six games and we were crying. I, I promise all you listeners, if you go back to the episode with, with Angelo Lozada and James Goff sat in on that one too. We were crying. Also, Giannis Papas and I had a great one when we were in a hotel room in Cleveland and also when we did the rebut, the Babe Ruth rebut to Bill. So there's been a lot of moments on the show. But you guys calling in, I mean, you guys writing in for the unacceptables and the unacceptables turning, um, you know, turning into what it turned into. And when people say, like, well, what made your numbers in your show go up and, and how did the Verzi Effect get better? I think 100% one thing that happened with the Verzi Effect was... Um, and I don't even know if I ever told the listeners this or anybody, but when I started to do the unacceptables, um, I knew it was a pretty kind of clever segment just because things do bother us, uh, that happens and it sticks and it's your way to vent. And it's also your way to make fun of things that would normally get you mad. Now you could be like, Oh, I have a show to put that on or something like that. I, so I knew it was a cool segment and each show has to have a, like a signature thing. You know, the way Letterman had a top 10 or, 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 you know, somebody's got that part of the show, you know. Um, but the one thing that happened was when you guys started to send them to Twitter and then I started to read them. And that was like, that was really kind of like, wow, you know, um, you guys just, it started to flood. Like, I read the top three, and then all of a sudden, it's just, and I was like, I can't leave all these people out. I mean, I'm sure there are times, I'm sure there's somebody out there going, yeah, fuck, you never got to my shit. I'm, obviously, I'm sorry, but um, if, you know, if I didn't do that, if I didn't like, you know, I wanted to make it about you guys and your guys' stuff, you know, and a perfect example of that is uh, Kelly Meyer. Shout out to Kelly out there in Wisconsin, but, you know, and, and this is Kelly, I want you to know this too, I was just in Miami, and somebody was like, yeah, I'm waiting for Kelly's, another Kelly story, like, you know, this dude in Wisconsin became a fan of my show, he became a fan of the Unacceptables, and now he's a really funny part of it, where, like, I have fans that want to hear him, because they know how, how much he makes me laugh, and how great his stories are, and I ju- you just cry laughing, so these are all amazing things that happen with my show, and here I am, sitting here five years later, Um, you know, and it's cool because my wife and everybody who knows that I do the show knows that like when I sit down to do this hour, it's, it's worth it. It makes sense. And it's not something like, this is something that I'm, I'm serious about and I want to continue to do it for, for, you know, many more years. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is it, whether you're new to the show or not, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for making my numbers be, you know, insanely humbling and amazing. Thank you all for you guys. You guys are the reason my album did as well as it did. You know, when people say, why do you think your album did good? Why did it shoot right to number one? You want to know, honestly did because you guys pre-ordered it and you guys fucking came out for it, man. And that's why my album did big. It's because of the people listening to me talking right now. Uh, I could not be more grateful and thankful for, for all of you people, wherever the fuck you may be right now. I truly, truly appreciate you listening to my fucking, my craziness and my rants and, and, and supporting my album. Um, I, I don't even know what to say. So, um, just thank you for being there for me and, uh, I'll continue to be there for you. And the best thing that I ever hear is when people are like, man, you know, you seem like you really care about your fans. Like, of course I care about my fans. What the fuck? It's because of my fans. You know? 
You know, the way we, I always say, it's always like, yeah, well, you got to, you know, talent has to meet opportunity. Well, fans is opportunity, you know? Doesn't matter how good my show is. If I got two motherfuckers in Newark, New Jersey listening to it, I'm probably going to stop doing it. No offense to Newark, but like, I'm just not, you know, it's, it's the, you know, the word out and people going, oh, you got to listen to that show. You got to listen to that show. And it's extremely humbling when other shows like Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast or Bobby Kelly's YKWD or Fixing Joe and all that say like, oh, go go to the guy's podcast. It's hilarious. And the numbers start doing better. That's that's the, the coolest thing because then people, you know, I got people coming up saying, man, you're, you're in the rotation with, you know, Joe Rogan and Bill Burr and Mark Maron. It's like, wow, you know, that's where they're putting my show. My show fucking crushes. But, you know, <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, man, it's uh, it's so cool. And um, the history is the first one that I did five years ago today um, was called The Verzi Fix. And I've mentioned this on a show before, but if you're new to the show and you don't know the story, so uh, I never knew I never knew Joe Matarese, like personally. So Joe Matarese was another guy that I heard, oh, he lives in Westchester too which is a suburb right outside the city. You know, we have kids. We want our kids going to, you know, good schools and, you know, Westchester County's great schools and stuff. So I live up here in the, in the country outside the city. And, I, you know, you know when you're a comedian, you know the other comedians that are doing the same thing. So my stepmother, we were out eating. And uh, my stepmother um, told me one time, she goes, do you know Joe Matarese? And I go, I heard the name, but I don't know him. And he was coming out of his colonoscopy, like medication. So he got a colonoscopy in my stepmother's office. And as he's like coming out of it, and he's like awakening, like getting up, she goes, do you know Paul Verzi? He's a comedian too. And he's like, yeah, I did. And it was just a funny way. A guy's coming out of like getting a scope put in his ass and he starts hearing my name or whatever. So that's how, you know, I knew. And, and she was like, yeah. So we kind of knew of each other, but didn't know each other, you know, yet ourselves. So we're at a diner, and I said, I started a podcast, I'm starting a podcast show, and it's going to be called The Verzi Fix. And they go, my, my stepmother goes, oh yeah, something, Joe Matarese has one with, with the fix in it, something fix. And I'm going, oh shit, are you serious? Oh no. So now I'm like, I don't want people thinking, so my reasoning for calling it The Verzi Fix was... It was like uh, you're gonna get like you're gonna get you're gonna get addicted and you're gonna need you're gonna need your fix you're gonna need your drug and it could be multi things like you know like Verzi will fix this or whatever or you know it would be that but you mainly it was like you're gonna get your drug and it's gonna be the Verzi of you know the Verzi podcast is gonna be a drug so I find out this guy's got fix in it so I panic so I call him up and I go hey dude what's up and we just start talking. And he's like, yeah, it's called Fixing Joe. It means like that, like I need to be fixed and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, look, dude, we're two comedians with kids in Westchester. We can't have fix in it. I said, I'm going to change the name. And then that's when I came up with the Verzi effect. And I explained this on episode two, which is probably later that December. So that that's kind of where the whole name, you know, originated from. And, um, you know, and here we are now at episode 237. Uh, five years, five years today. So uh, I think that's fucking awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much you know all that I I just wanted to say. I wanted to just touch on that for a little bit because um, you know when you stick with something and you just keep doing it and it's like kind of second nature, something you have to do. All of a sudden, five years goes by. 
which is insane because, you know, I was basically doing this almost all my kids' life. Like, my son is six and a half, so I've been doing this his whole life. Like, this is, it's, it's awesome. Um, and we're going to keep it going. So, again, thank you. A couple more things to talk about. I know I'm almost reaching the, uh, we're going a little long here. Um, Want to talk about uh, sports real quick? Wanted to talk about the outrage that was like, you know, some of the Giants. How could the Giants? Let me tell you something. The New York football Giants weren't doing anything. I can't handle this shit anymore. They stink. Their defense stinks. They weren't doing anything. If they don't win another game, and everyone's like, do you realize that they were like 70, if, if, if every NFL game was 75 seconds longer, they'd be 10 and 2. What does that mean? That, that okay. And, and if every fucking basketball game was six quarters, I, I'm, I'm sure things would change in other games. I mean, you can't say that. The bottom line is the game isn't 75 seconds longer, and the fucking defense stinks. That's what it is. The Giants defensive backs suck. You know, Eli can throw to Beckham and they can make highlights all day. And that's great. And it's fun and exciting to have a Randy Moss type explosive player because that's what he is. I love it. I love Beckham Jr. I think he's one of the most explosive fucking athletes that I've seen in a long time. And I think he's going to have many, many more amazing memories. You know, God willing, he stays healthy with the Giants. I really believe that. That being said, we stink. We should have fucking beat the Patriots. We should have beat the the fucking Falcons. We should have beat the... When you're winning by 10 in the fourth quarter, you should win the game. Okay? We should have beat the Cowboys week one. That's still a sin. You know, we had the Jets, what, by 10 in the fourth quarter, lost the game. I mean, all these games. But what does that tell you? After a while, it's like, no, maybe we shouldn't have won. Maybe the better team won because they fucking stepped up in the moment and our defense couldn't stop it. Great teams have great defense that stops that shit and you win and we don't have it. So we weren't doing anything anyway. I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I'm going, no, we're good if we just fucking would it. No, but you can't. You can't. You can't stop it. You've shown that you can't stop it. Okay, looks like a bunch of fucking high school kids out there. It's a joke. The Giants' defense is a fucking joke, and it's an embarrassment. I don't want to talk about, oh, they could do this. Now listen, they could get hot and beat anybody. Yes, but not with this defense. Okay? And there's nothing fucking worse than watching this JPP guy nursing that arm because when he's, like, hitting guys with it, he can't even grab a jersey. It's fucking brutal. It's sad to watch. I hate seeing it. I hate seeing it. It's like a puppy that they let that, that was limping that they just didn't put down and and he's still trying to run with the other dogs and I know that he can but it's fuck there's something sad about it. I can't fucking stand it. You know? But this I mean this Giants defense is not. I would say any other Giants team can on any given Sunday could win. But I'm going to put it into perspective and this should show everybody. I think this is a great thing to say for this point. Eli Manning, this is how bad our defense is. Eli Manning is the only quarterback in NFL history to throw six touchdowns, zero interceptions, and lose a game. Okay? If that doesn't say it all, that means if this guy goes in to Green Bay in the playoffs or has to play the Patriots, he could potentially throw six touchdowns, zero picks, and the defense is going to give up 50-something fucking points because that's what happened in New Orleans. It's a fucking sin. So the Giants' defense stink. Of course, I'm rooting for them. They're my team. 
But no, I just don't think it could happen this year. I think there needs to be no outrage if the game is won and then in the end. And anybody watching that Jets-Giants game knows if you've watched this team enough, as soon as the Jets tied that game at 20, you knew the Giants were losing in overtime. You know, they should have even never been, had a thing. And Coughlin should have kicked a field goal because the game would have been out of reach anyways. That's another thing, and that is on him. But, you know, I'm not going to say he deserves to be fired. I'm not going to say fucking Eli and Coughlin because that's what... Uh, no. Eli and Coughlin done nothing but win. The Giants just said defense stinks. That's it. The Knicks are starting to get exposed now. The Knicks had a little run. The Knicks are starting to shit the bed a little bit too, which is getting scary. Um... No movies, right? I think I talked about the movies last week. Um, I know a lot of people said that they agreed with me with the Kurt Cobain uh, conspiracy theory there of murder. Uh, yeah, so I talked about that and I talked about Creed. I'm gonna watch some other. I'm gonna watch some other documentaries too. So hopefully, I'm really getting into documentaries on Netflix. I, I really like I, I really like watching them and, and think they're informative and shit. But I, do, I don't have another movie. Um, as far as plugs, guys, I. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, uh, after Miami last night, uh, tomorrow I'm performing for 700 Navy folks at Annapolis, uh, military base. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to do that. I never got a chance to perform in front of all military people before. And there's nothing fucking cooler. Cause those guys that are real heroes, uh, soldiers of the shit, man. Um, so I'm doing that. And then other than that, I am in New York city and I'm not leaving my area until I go to Los Angeles on New Year's Eve. So uh, I'm going to be at the stand. I'm going to be um, doing some local shows, running around, working on a working on a short set and all that stuff. So I'm just going to be around. But for all that info, you can go to paulverzi.com and see all of upcoming dates. I'm starting to fill in some dates for 2016. That's happening now, so you'll see more of those. But uh, check it out. The website is updated uh, with some stuff, so you can check all that out. Follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Um, and any other you know social media thing. If you want, if you, yeah, you get me on uh, Facebook. Again, you know the email to send, unacceptablesfortve at Gmail. If you want, an album and or poster, you can go to paulverzi.com. There's a merchandise page on there. You could click on there. It's 10 for the CD and 5 for the um, for the uh, poster. If you want me to personalize it and sign it to you, I will do that. I just need to know, your, obviously, your name and, and need to know that you want me to do that. Otherwise, the album's going to come in a regular shrink wrap, which you open yourself, and the poster will just be there too. So um, you have to obviously let me know those things. All right? Um, that is it for episode 237. I hope you guys have a good week. Thank you so much for five years, five years today, guys, of doing this. And uh, we're not stopping. So thank you so much. I will talk to you guys, um, yeah, until uh, 238. Talk to you guys soon.